Fox Studios. Bud Light for the fans on Game Day. KKSC FM HD1, Broomfield, Denver, Boulder. Home of the Denver Nuggets. Bring it in. This is Altitude Sports Radio. 92.5. We're going to kick it off. Thanks for tuning in. Tyler Columbus. He's bad. He's very, very bad. Scott Hastings. Now Hastings wants a pick. Josh Dover. Your hair is phenomenal. This is Columbus, Hastings, and Dover. Presented by Revitalized Health. Optimize hormone levels, PRP, peptides, and more. Visit revitalized-health.com. PhD. On Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. Woo! side is Jimmy Butler, 10 on the shot clock. He goes to the right hand, guarded by Jokic. Crossover, head fake, gets it to Vincent, back over to Butler, got to shoot it, step back three. Missed it, rebound down to Bruce Brown. They're not going to call a timeout. Denver needs a three-pointer to tie the thing up. Seven seconds left to go for Jamal Murray. Murray has the bottom part of the midcourt circle, step back three. Missed it short, and there's the horn. Denver loses game two of the NBA Finals tonight to the Miami Heat, 111 to 108. That was cause on the call right there. A good afternoon to you, Denver. Denver. That's how we're feeling today. A 1-1 even series after the Miami Heat get a victory last night to even that thing up. Oh, it wasn't supposed that. to go that way. wasn't supposed to go that way. That, that wasn't supposed to happen. That's not the way I had it drawn up. A 40-point night from Nicola, and that's 40 points in three games this postseason where they have lost all yeah. three of those games. Uh, we got a lot to get into. Always want you guys to be a part of it. Scotty's out today. He's on his way to Miami to get ready for games three and number four. He'll join us when they touch down if he's got some time to do it. But I uh, want to hear from you, Nuggets Nation. Let us know how you're feeling. Safeway Twitch stream always rolling. Safe uh, twitch.tv slash altitude SR or the shop Mazda text line 303-504-0925. All right, Tyler Malone's calling out effort. Uh, He was directly talking to you, Michael Porter Jr. And, uh, and I would even say a little bit, Jamal Murray, Mm -hmm. Jamal, I think showed up thinking he could just turn it on when he needed to turn it on. And he did, but it was just too little too late. And MPJ now has in two finals games, Tyler has taken 22 shots and scored 19 points yeah, on those good. 22 shots. Uh, not, not good at all. Um, you know, I've I seen uh, Mike Malone's getting crushed by some media members across town. Uh, that, I, that's not my intention today. Matter of fact, uh, I agree with him calling out his team's effort, and Me I'm too. totally fine with it. I'm cool with it, man. You know, I, I've told you, uh, I told you, I told Scott, uh, I told our listeners, this is human nature that the Nuggets are going to have to fight from here on out is that when things go that well for so long and it's that easy for so long, it's human nature yeah. to just kind of let your guard down a little bit. So I got no beef with uh, with with Michael Malone calling on his team. Uh, I disagreed with uh, a, a few things that went on just coaching-wise throughout the game. Um, would you have called a timeout? Oh, yeah. No question I would have called a timeout. There's no question I would have called a timeout. Like, like I don't even understand the I don't even understand the rebuttal to that. Like, like what's the argument to not call a timeout? Well, uh, how about a perfect segue? Malone was asked about that nice, in Nelly. the post-game press conference. Yeah, I think it's dependent upon the situation. You know, and um, their half-court defense has, was giving us a lot of trouble in that fourth quarter. You know, and you take a timeout, you let them get set, you let them review whatever play they think that we're going to run. And there's a great chance that we don't get a quality shot like Jamal got, which was online and 
from my perspective, looked like it had a great chance of going in. And we've seen Jamal make shots like that before. So um, some nights, yeah, I think, you know, uh, we can take the timeout. Other nights, give our guys the freedom to get out and run. But with how well they were guarding in that quarter and how hard it was for us to uh, generate great looks, uh, I felt in that transition we were going to have the best chance to get the look that we wanted. All right, I mean, my, my rebuttal to that is, Coach, that's on you. That's, that's on you Drop to design. Yeah. Like, like, this is your opportunity, right? This is literally the opportunity of the game for you to come up with a play that overcomes what, whatever, whatever problems you had mm-hmm. out there. Uh, I 100% would have called timeout. Uh, I got to say, Michael Porter Jr., I got to get, I want to get a Michael Porter Jr. in our band. I, I got to get him in our band. Do you know what I mean by that? Uh-uh. Uh, do you know what I mean about the arm band? Anybody that has coached little kids basketball uh, before a game starts, uh, you know, you're coaching like, like third graders, fourth graders, something like that. You get all five players out there be, before the game starts, both teams, they face one another, they line up directly oh. across <laughs> one another, and they give each other matching armbands. Yeah. Okay? I got the red. Yep. I got red. Yep. I got, the, I got the blue guy. I got the blue armband. Yeah. Yeah. I got to get Michael Porter Jr. an armband because he cannot find his defender, or he can't find the offensive guy he's supposed to defend to save his life. Yeah. I mean, just mind-numbing. Uh, the, the other thing coaching wise, and, and again, my point here today is not to crush Michael Malone because I, I'm, I'm not that guy. I love Michael Malone. I really do. Um, but I do disagree with all the zone defense they're playing. I, I don't get it. You're, you're we were fa- talking about last night. You're, you're, you're facing a team that all they want to do is shoot three pointers. That's what the zone is going to do. I, I mean, you you go to zone defense when you want them to shoot the three-pointers. And, and maybe that's what they wanted, actually, because the, the first game they couldn't shoot a three to save their life. But, I mean, they're crushing them. How many did they have? 17 on the night? I think they had 17 threes on the night, something like that. Yeah, I don't have in front of I me. I mean, what are you doing? Why, why, why are we running all this zone defense? I, I don't get yeah, it. 17 to 35, damn near 50%. It's... Um, I, look, I, the, the timeout on its own, I, I could go either way. Uh, if you're going to call a timeout, yeah, they are going to get an opportunity to set up their defense. I would also argue with Malone that they got what they wanted. They got Jimmy Butler on Jamal Murray. This is what I was talking about after game one. I shared this on my Twitter today at Joshua Dover. It is Jamal versus Jimmy is a winnable matchup for the Miami Heat. Mm-hmm. Point blank period. Jamal's a great player. He's not better than Jimmy Butler. That, that's it. End of discussion. He can get there. I think the ceiling of Jamal is bigger than that of the ceiling of Jimmy Butler. But as of today, June 5th, 2023, Jimmy Butler's better than Jamal Murray as an NBA player. That matchup is the favorable matchup for Eric Spolstra. It's what he wants. It's what Jimmy's hunting. Jimmy versus Jamal is not favorable for the Denver Nuggets. That's the adjustment that has to be made. It's what we've talked about before, fighting on the screens, not taking the easy route out. Hell, if it's Jimmy and and Jamal, Jamal can go under every screen, Tyler, until Jimmy shows he's going to be a consistent three-point shooter, and he has not done that yet. That, to me, was the biggest one of... Call a timeout, don't call a timeout. I don't think it matters one way or the other. These guys are professional basketball players. They know what the hell they're doing. But when Miami gets to dictate the terms, they they win. I know they know what they're doing. But, no, to me, this is like such a no-brainer. It's not even funny. You call the timeout. Like, you've got very few. Basketball is different than football, okay? In, In football, a coach, the offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator, they have the ability to affect every single play. Because they could come up with a scheme that, that the X's and O's don't match up for the opponent. And, and you've got that luxury as a coach every single play to put your print on, on the game. 
Basketball's not like that. Uh, yeah, of course, coaches put their print on the game, but it's limited in sample size. For the most part, the guys are going to go up and they're going to do their thing. Mm-hmm. You have an opportunity when the game is on the line to punch your print on it. So I agree with you that. Know, uh, I, I, to me, that that's just like there's a few situations that are no-brainers. That one, to me, feels like a no-brainer. I, I would also argue, though, that Malone not calling a timeout isn't why the Nuggets lost. The referees missing a goaltend is not why the Nuggets lost. You know why the Nuggets lost? Because nobody outside of number 15 showed up to play until their backs were already against the wall. Yeah. That's why they lost. And it's why coach is talking about effort. I agree with him. What Jeff Green say? Uh, quote, it's the bleeping finals, man. Our energy has to be better. Again, all the Malone haters were out, and you guys are fans, and you're on Twitter, and that's what the whole platform's supposed to be for. I get it. You guys live and die on what Coach Malone does. Um, but they didn't lose because of a coach not calling a timeout. They lost because nobody else showed up besides the best basketball player on the planet. Yep. That's it. It's pretty amazing. Uh, Nicole Jokic, like you already said, uh, over 40 points three times in the playoffs, 0-3, all three times. Yeah. The Nuggets are just a better basketball team when Nikola Jokic is distributing. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's a formula. Spo had that quote last night to Ramona Shelbourne. He kind of put her down in a little bit, called it the untrained eye. <laughs> we, we all called it the casual, and now it's going to shift to the untrained eye. But he said that. It's not like we were trying to make Nikola a scorer. In fact, Spo said kind of what we were hinting at. Our focus was Jamal. Our focus was to kind of take him out of it so that the Nicola has to be the guy because here's the Miami Heat challenging Michael Porter Jr., challenging Bruce Brown, challenging Contavious Caldwell-Pope, and challenging Aaron Gordon to be the guy he was in game one, saying if we let Joker score and we take Jamal out, the rest of you aren't good enough to step up and fill right, that void. Right. And Spo was 100% right last night. Just a, an incredibly frustrating, uh, defeating feeling to see the lack of effort on the defensive end. Yeah. I mean, you know what? I don't even know if effort's even the right word. Uh, I, maybe it is. It probably is. But, but to me, it was more of a lack of awareness. Like, like the amount of times that Mike Porter Jr. got lost in that zone defense, it, it's, it's like he, he wasn't within 10 feet yeah. of, of, of his guy. Like, like, dude, you've got a zone. That's 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 zone defense, right? <laughs> it almost looked like maybe you brought up the little kids. Maybe this is just me because I was terrible at it. But um, you know, they just shoved me in right field, and then I'm just standing up right. there throwing grass in the air, being like, sitting oh, down, crisscross wow. applesauce. Yeah. Take yeah. my hat off and try to spin it and land it back on yeah, my head. Yeah, that was the mindset Michael had last night. Yes, I'm not in this game. I'm not a part of this game plan, so I'm just gonna roam around and do fun stuff. You know what? You know what frustrates me the most with Mike Porter Jr. He's accepted his role on this team, and it's different. Like, Aaron Gordon accepted his role on this team, and it was the best thing that ever happened to this basketball team. Michael Porter Jr. has accepted that he is just going to be a 10- to 12-point guy. Yeah. You know, he, he he's just going to be the spot shooter. Uh, you know, we got to get some work on him off, off the dribble because the difference uh, when he's able to set shoot without a dribble – He's pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, when, when he's got to take a single bounce, it's it's night and day. Uh, and, and it's frustrating for me, a guy, what's he making, like $30 million per year? That's so, to be, yeah. Yeah, something like that. $30 million per year that I see a guy that is comfortable in the role that he has, and that's frustrating. Especially a guy like that that you know is a score. Yeah. That's what he's been his entire life. So, look, I, I got a lot of confidence in Jamal Murray to bounce back. And I actually think he'll thrive a little bit better in the environment that's going to be South Beach and, and, you know, the fans booing him and all those good things. MPJ, 
I don't know. Uh, MPJ, you went to Missouri, so it's time to show us. You know, there's no more benefit of the doubt. You don't have that. It's time to show us that you can contribute to an NBA championship. All right, let's hit a timeout. Obviously, a ton more to talk about here. Let's hear from some guys in post game. What are your thoughts? We'll catch up on the Safeway Twitch stream and the Shot Mazda text line coming up next. This is Columbus Hastings and Dilfer, presented by Revitalized Health. Optimize hormone levels, PRP, peptides, and more. Visit revitalized-health.com. Altitude Sports Radio, 92.5. Malone mentioned that he, he, said he was surprised that we that he he had to talk about effort in the post-game locker room. Me too. Uh, I mean, that's what I was going to ask. Are you perplexed that at this stage of the season that that's even a talking point? Yeah. I mean... It's the finals, man. Like, our energy has to be better. We can't come out like we did. And, um, you know, we have to be better. That's Jeff Green right there. Talked about that in segment number one. He, he's absolutely right. It is the bleeping finals. <laughs> That's why it's always so funny to me. Like, I got a ton of them last night. There's one dude on Twitter that his whole shtick, maybe it's that. Um, his whole shtick is just fire Malone. He doesn't do anything. And it, it's whatever. That's what Twitter's for. You're a fan. You're supposed to go crazy and lose your mind. But again, I, I'm with Jeff Green. I'm Team Green on this one. Um, it's the finals, Tyler. Did anybody have to motivate you to be ready for Super Bowl 50, or were you ready to do your job? Nah, no. It, it, to me, I actually, motivation to me feels like the wrong word because I know these guys want to win a championship. <laughs> I, there, there's no doubt in my mind that they had every intention of winning that basketball game. But sometimes motivation and uh, oh, like, like sometimes you can get a little bit delusional, I guess. <laughs> you, you, you just think that everything's going to continue to be as easy as it was. Yeah. And, and, and you don't mind your P's and Q's the way that you once did. Uh, and I think that's what, what happened more than anything. See, motivation to me would imply that they didn't care if they won that game. I think they cared. Uh, 100%, I think Nicole Jokic cared. I think, mo- uh, I think all the guys cared. Uh, but I think that they've got a little bit delusional on how easy it's going to be. Yeah, and I think I think Jamal is probably the the best example of that. Uh, of I think Jamal thought I'm going to show up and get 30 because I'm capable of that. But there's adjustments that were made. There were, like I said, the Jimmy Butler Jamal Murray matchup. It terrifies me, man. It, it, Jamal's not going to win that. I, I don't I don't believe that he's ready to win that matchup ever at this point of his career and what Jimmy is. So that, that I think is the biggest adjustment for me is Jamal has to figure out one. If I get switched on Jimmy, I, t- I talked about this after game one with bam. Remember I asked Scott how you make that quick transition switch of if I get caught in the pick and roll and I'm on that, there has to be some communication with somebody around you. And when Jamal's on the floor, Aaron's on the floor, KCP's on the floor, sometimes Bruce is on the floor. Those are three gentlemen right there that you can simply communicate with mm-hmm. and say, if your guy comes to this side of the free throw line, we are switching. Uh, it's simple. They just yeah. didn't do it. Didn't do it. Uh, and, and and I don't know. You know, part of me is kind of like, I think it's lazy to just criti- criticize Michael Malone blindly. I do. I do too. Uh, I, I think that's just the easy way out. Uh, I mean, I know I was critical of not using a timeout. Uh, but I'm far from blaming Michael Malone on this game. Not even close. No, no. Not, not, not even remotely. There was a singular moment of the game that I disagreed with the decision. Uh, does that mean that, that, that I'm 100% right? No. I mean, he's got his justifications for why he made the decision he made. Um, but I do think uh, sometimes it, it's it's tough to figure out, like, how much of that does go on coaching? 
You know, like like when you've got guys that are making switches that they shouldn't, or 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 maybe they they they're switching when they should. Uh, when when you've got Michael Porter Jr. looking like he's lost in the zone defense, does any of that go uncoached? I mean, the Michael Porter Jr. stuff I could go because that's I, I talked about this last night with Birdo in the post game. What MPJ uh, still just twenty six minutes and Christian had twenty seven or no Christian only had fifteen off the bench. If Michael shows up the same form of Michael that he was last night, that needs to be reversed. I don't need to see Michael Porter Jr. for twenty six minutes if he's gonna you know for lack of a better term, pout a little bit and, and chase the shots that he was chasing. I'm quoting or at least paraphrasing what Coach Malone said. Yank his ass. What Get did him Malone out of the say? Game. He, said, he said he was chasing? Uh, he didn't say he was chasing, but he said people were feeling sorry for themselves, not that, that their shots weren't going in. Oh, yeah. Who's he talking to? Yeah. We know who he's talking to. Yeah. Um, and, and those kind of things. I, I would say, all right, if you want to challenge Coach a little bit, there's one that you can challenge him on. I'm going, hey, you recognized it. And the coach isn't dumb. He knows what it was. He said it right away after the game. Well, then do something about it. Take him out of the game because if there is a little silver lining of this, of course, it's always Nicola, but it's also Christian Brown. That dude was ready to go last night. That dude's a rookie. Yeah, and he was ready what? to play. Uh, on, on the positive side, Christian looked fantastic. Uh, I, I mean, I could see you want to talk about effort. That dude had effort all over the place. Uh, some, and you know what? <laughs> a lot of times, you know what coaches do? Uh, they, they, they find the rookie they, they, that is playing good basketball. Or, or you know, sometimes the, the rookie isn't even playing good basketball, but they've got good effort out there. And then they isolate that film. And, you know, it's probably not a bad idea. Isolate Christian Brown's film. Uh, make a highlight reel and make the whole team watch it. You know, make the whole team watch it. Fellas, this is the type of effort that we need. Yeah. And it's, again, like we said, you don't you don't have to be motivated to play in the NBA finals. It's- Casey, you know what, KCP, I can't count very many times that I thought KCP looked lost. and, and he He's looked, going through some stuff. He, I think. He, oh, really? I think that, I mean, he left early, right, in the first quarter. Went back to the locker room, was there for a minute. I, I don't know exactly on? what it is, but that's what I'm assuming is there's something there. Hmm. Uh, and Aaron Gordon also, I, I don't know what's going on, but Aaron Gordon was uh, not made available to the media after the game because well, sick, he was he sick. Said, yeah, that's, that's what he said. And I don't know. It was same thing at the pregame. Uh, who was the Heat player? Caleb Martin, I think, also yeah. was sick right. and wasn't available either. Like, just, like, like you're too sick to do the uh, media, but you can play in the game. You're like rubbing all over dudes. <laughs> right. You're sweaty as hell. <laughs> you know what else was? The, this was the biggest bummer for me because I didn't lose a lot of confidence last night. I, I, I think that Miami did exactly what they were supposed to do. They overcame a 15 point deficit. Let's go back to the Western Conference Finals game four, Tyler. That wasn't too long ago where the Nuggets were in a 15 point hole kicked it into gear and figured it out because they were a desperate team looking to close. Miami was also a desperate team just looking to even instead of close, and they answered the bell last night. Um, When it comes to what Miami was doing, I mean, Struess comes in and hits. Did he make all of his four threes in the first quarter? Because it certainly felt like that, and it certainly felt like he was four of four. And then Gabe Vincent comes in and hits his. Uh, Kevin Love was a pleasant surprise, at least rebounding. And showing a little bit of defense on that, on those picks, because he can guard all the, the positions as well. But I don't know how you feel, Tyler. I, I'm not down on what the Nuggets are. I'm not down of the position that they're in. They are now 7-1 and one in their last eight playoff games. Let's not act like the world is on fire and this thing is over. No, Miami no, no, no. did a great job last night. No, and, and look, let's hope uh, this is just a wake-up call, that it's not yeah. going to be easy. Uh, somebody on the text line said they needed to play with a little bit more fear of losing. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that's, that's I, I think that's what it comes down to. 
See, motivation to me doesn't feel like the right word. Effort, maybe, maybe effort's the right word, but I think that's what it comes down to more than anything. I think these guys wanted to win the basketball game. I just don't think they were afraid that they actually could lose the basketball yeah. game. Uh, you know what? There were two things. Uh, one, Tyler Hero was dressed like Gilligan from Gilligan's Island that. last night. I saw that. <laughs> so so what's his status? I thought they were saying to be back for game two. Well, Spo nipped that in the bud quick. It was like nothing changed with Tyler Hero. So he's going to come and play in game three is my imagine, okay. is what I would guess anyway. Uh, and then the other thing. I, in my head, as soon as we announced it, right, I got my little earpiece in, and we're doing the game ops thing, and they go, hey, Little Wayne's in the building. Oh, I saw we're that. Gonna, All right, we'll play some Little Wayne. We'll show him. It'll be fun. In my you mind. Little Toonchi. Little Toonchi, of course. Yeah, in yeah. my mind, I go, Nuggets win. I go down and talk to Toonchi. Right. I call out of the radio show tomorrow, and we're skateboarding together all Boom. day today. Boom. And that, How'd that go for That's you? what I thought was going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, we need to get Kim Jong back. Yeah, Lil Wayne out, Kim Jong in. That's yes, the key to yes, what happens yes, here. Yes. I didn't even t- talk to him. I was too scared. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to approach him. See, it's uh, we've Kevin talked. Would've. Kevin would have. Kevin would have done. Yeah, I mean, right. what's that have to say? Uh, you would have been too afraid to talk to Kim Jong. Also, no, you, I did talk to Kim Jong after Kevin. did? Oh, after Kevin. Did. After yeah, Kevin yeah, did. Yeah. Right. So we needed Kevin there I mean, to go break the ice on Lil Tunchi. Producer talent. You know what I'm saying? You right. Little, right. Fair point. <laughs> fair point. I mean, talent doesn't have to do the dirty work. <laughs> exactly. <right? laughs> um, but I was too scared to talk to him, and that dude was out as soon as things were opening up. He left. But I will say, did, did he have a, did he have a concert or something, or did he just fly in for this game? I, I don't know. I'm assuming he got here about four o'clock. Found a ticket and made his way to the arena. Right. Is kind of how I assume it went. Probably. Um, but he was super into we had the perch acrobats doing the halftime show, which is this dude and lady that this guy's holding the freaking pole and the woman's up there doing stuff on it. Tunchi was so into it. Was that the one with all the plates and stuff? No, or that's what, Red what? Panda. That's oh, okay. Red Panda, that's who's Red also Panda. a legend. But, but so so what's this one? This is a, so it's a I don't know if they're married or not, but it's a guy and a gal, and this guy's got like a pole on his shoulder, and the woman is up there, her name's Angela. She's up there climbing it spinning down it he's catching her i mean the dude is jacked but lil wayne was just like i mean every time she'd slide down he'd be like oh like jumping back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> it was really cool to see so uh yeah not the outcome that you wanted but the denver nuggets are i i believe going to be just fine i, I don't know how you feel about tyler with the jamal mpj thing but like i said in segment one jamal bounced back i got no no reason to believe that he won't Michael Porter Jr., I am a little bit worried about because it's also you don't know how he is mentally. Of Everybody's going to get on him today. Coach was certainly on him last night. He didn't do it publicly, but I know Coach Michael Malone. He didn't say some of us didn't show up in the locker room. He yeah. told them who that was. Now, here's the challenge with Michael Porter Jr. Scott and I have talked about this a lot. I brought up Garrett Bowles a while back, and I said, you know, some guys, you can call them out as much as you want in the media. Some guys, that, that is motivational for him. If, if you want to call him out in the media, and some guys, you could down talk them and tell them how bad they are, and, and that's what gets them motivated. But then there's other guys that kind of need a pat on the back, yeah. right? They kind of need to be reminded of how talented they are uh, and reminded of how good they can be. Uh, that, that's, that's how I feel about Garrett Bowles. Like when you're coaching Garrett Bowles, you got to lean more towards the positives with him. Uh, I, I think that that's what helps him more than anything else. Michael Porter Jr. is probably somewhere in that category. Someone, someone on Twitch, Meteora, says, what do, what do you think about making a change to the starting lineup? Maybe starting Bruce Brown instead of Michael Porter Jr. No, that, that's, that's not the answer. Uh, you, you just need Michael Porter Jr. to play better basketball. Yeah, I agree that, that. That's what you need. And, and honestly, I think if you were to do something like that, I would be afraid that 
He doesn't he, bounce back? He might fold. See, I agree. You know, it, it, if you bench him, he might just fold. I think that that's a real concern. And I, 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 don't know, I don't know what that means. I, I mean, a lot of people are going to say, oh, if that's true, well, he's not the right guy. Okay, I get it. Uh, but sometimes you need dudes like that. Like, you needed Garrett Bowles. You needed him. Yeah. You, you, you couldn't bench him because he was the best left tackle you got on your team. 100%. You just needed him to play better football. You need I, Michael Porter Jr. You just need him to play better basketball. I'll even say this about Bruce Brown. What did he finish with? 11 last night? That's 21 points in two games. So, so here we go. 21 points in two games for Bruce Brown, 22 points in two games for Michael Porter Jr. I will point out, though, uh, Bruce Brown technically played a minute more basketball than Michael Porter yeah. Jr. did. Bruce I mean, Brown Mal- played 27, Michael Porter Jr. played 26. Malone trusts him. Bruce had that little rip in, in the fourth quarter that kind of got some things rolling. But but to me, it's, all right, you had a chance. Even that last play where Malone doesn't call the timeout. I, I know Jamal had hit a couple of threes. I almost wanted the ball to go to Nicola. They, they have that little pick and roll, but Jimmy fights through it, gets to it. Then it's Jimmy and Jamal. They're dancing. Jamal makes that shot a lot regularly, right? But the way he was playing that night, uh, and I don't know, maybe that goes into the argument of calling a timeout and Coach Michael Malone goes, no, Nicola's been doing this all night. He's taking this last shot. Also goes to, that's the finals, and it's a little bit different. I don't want I don't want Nicola taking the last shot on a three-pointer. Uh, you don't? Uh, no, no. I wouldn't have minded last night at it, all. Look, Nicola is like, He's good for a here and there three pointer. He he he's good for a couple three pointers per game, uh, but but that's that's not where he makes his bread and butter. Jamal Murray's the dude that I want taking that shot. Uh, if if it's two points, I feel differently. Uh, but if it's a three pointer, uh, for sure. Well, you know Even what? Even if Jimmy Butler's guarding him, <laughs> you know what? Man, you could make an argument that it should be Michael Porter Jr. Uh, yeah. The the best pure shooter on the basketball. One team. of six from three last. I night. get it. I get it. And and last night was not the night. I don't last think night he was not the, the night. Do you think, I, do you think you know he wanted what? the ball? No, I don't. I, I, and I, you know what? I've been there. I've been there. So I'm, I'm not. I'm not judging him. I'm not making fun of him. I've been there. Where where I've been that dude that's like. Oh, please just don't let anything bad happen. <laughs> you, you know, please don't, please don't ask me to block a seven stepper right yeah. now. I, I don't, I don't got it today. Today's not the game. I don't, I don't got it. Give me, give me a nice three step drop. Right. Uh, so, so I'm not, look, it happens to all professional athletes, but I would agree. Uh, he didn't want the ball. My only point is in theory, he's your best peer shooter on the basketball team. I agree. I, I would not have wanted him to touch the ball. Right. At all in that moment, like we're talking about. He, he didn't want to touch the ball either, so that was going to take care of itself. It's, there's two guys on the team that want that moment. It's 27 and 15, mm-hmm. and they were both in the action to get that last night. And I, like I'm not saying – we know right, wrong, or indifferent. Sometimes, and I'm not accusing him of, of it last night, but sometimes Jamal Murray can play that hero ball when the game's on the line. That's what I was going to say, yeah. Uh, and, and so you knew that he was taking that shot. Yeah. He was taking that shot. See, What did you think of the shot itself? I actually don't mind that shot, but I'm, I'm telling you, I would have lived with Nicola on that. I, I would have, again, if you take the time out, I would have drawn something up, and I would have also, I'm saying this hindsight too, so take that with a grain of salt. I, I would have assumed, if I'm Michael Malone, that Jimmy's going to fight through all of that to stay with Jamal. And that's exactly what happened. And then it was it Shrews that was guarding Nicola in the moment? I, it was a smaller player for sure. Yeah, I don't know, actually. And that, that to me is, look, is Jamal a better shooter than Nicola? Yeah, everybody's going to say that and agree with that. But moment, situational, last night, Nicola, I think, was the better option for that shot. Well, probably situationally. I'll, I'll agree with that. Situationally, he, he was probably the best option last night. Shoot, he put up 40 points. Yeah. Uh, he, he was, what hot was he at, from three? He, he was hot as hell. Uh, I, don't, five. I can only think of one. 
He made two. He had two of five. I remember so the one right at the top of the uh, of the paint, right at the top of the three-point line. What was the other one? I don't remember either. Yeah. But my point is that that's just not that's not that's not his bread and butter. That's more of Jamal Murray's bread and butter. Yeah, and you're right about that. Someone oh. someone says, Tyler, have you not seen how clutch Nikola Jokic is? Yeah, I get it. I get it. And last night, so is Jamal too. La- la- last night, he probably would have been the best option. Uh, there are those moments though that you're right of, and we we've hinted and joked about it being those little Will Barton moments where when Will was here and if he was on the floor and there was. X amount of seconds left and the Nuggets had the ball, the other four dudes could have just went and sat down. Yep. Because no, he wasn't going to pass it. Jamal's got a bit of that in him. He does. He yeah, does. And, and That being said, I had no beef with the shot selection. No, uh, no. I, he, he does have that in him, uh, but I had no problem with the shot selection last night. All right, let's uh, take a timeout. Oh, man, somebody just tweeted us, uh, text us a photo. This is from the 934. Check that out, Tyler. How are you going to disrespect TD? Some blonde lady uh, in, a, in a heat jersey trying to high-five Terrell, and Terrell is not feeling it right there. I don't see it. How are you going to disrespect a legend like that? That makes me mad. Oh, I see it. Yeah. <laughs> Look at his face. He's not having he it. He is not having he is it not having at that. all. Get out oh, of my space. What a, what a mean lady she is. <laughs> all right, we'll take I kind of respect that, though. I'm I actually do a little I, yeah, bit, I respect too. it. Yeah. Go back to Miami, though, huh? All right, let's take a time out. When we come back, we'll switch gears a little bit. We got some interesting news about the Broncos quarterback Friday after we got off of the show. I want to share it with you, and we'll discuss next. Yo, Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. Watch the show on Twitch at twitch.tv slash AltitudeSR. Brought to you by Safeway. All right, well, talking all things Nuggets, we're going to get back to some Nuggets in a moment. We'll hear about the uh, in-the-paint calls going around Twitter today. We'll do that in just a few minutes, but quick basketball timeout. And uh, first, we got to give some love to the Mammoth. They came up short in Buffalo. They didn't get to defend the NLL title, but back-to-back appearances. Uh, you hoisted the trophy a year ago, and you're certainly going to be back in the running for that uh, as soon as next season gets underway. So a big congrats to all the Mammoth players, everybody involved. I know our own Andy Lindahl, Katie Mitchell over there on Mix does a ton over there. So uh, a hell of a season for that, qu- that squad. Yeah, no question. Uh, they, they've been on a hell of a run. I'll put it like that. They've just been on a hell of a run, hell of an organization. Yeah, and it should be just as good as well. All right, before we get back to hoops, this came out right after we got done Friday, Tyler. Apparently, Russell Wilson was offered a trade to the Eagles and football team. Now, he denied both, which who wants to play for the football team as they're currently constructed? I get that. But this dude said no to the Eagles? You know what I thought more than anything else? Too much uh, pressure about it, About him saying no to the Eagles. The first thing I thought about, man, these teams, these GMs, 90% of the time, they have no clue what they're doing. No clue what they're doing. <laughs> Look at, I mean, just think about that for a second. The Philadelphia Eagles were, were ready to give up on Jalen Hurts because it, it, it was 50 50. Mm-hmm. They, they, they didn't know whether he could be the guy or not. They're ready to make a blockbuster trade for, for Russell Wilson. And then Jalen Hurts becomes God's gift to football the very next year. Yeah. It's just so funny to me how lucky teams get. Like, like GMs get so much credit for, for drafting the right guy. Dude, it's all about luck. It is. I mean, I, mean, I don't blame them, by the way. At the time that they were looking at the trade with, with Russell Wilson, oh, by far, Russ would have felt like a better option oh, than Jalen Hurts. Dude. No, no, no question he would have felt like a better 
option. Um, but, I, you know, from Russ's point of view, I don't know what was going on. Obviously, I understand why I didn't want to go to Washington football team. Uh, who, who does want to go there? Uh, Philadelphia, they weren't exactly – no, you know what they were? Now that I think about it, I was trying to figure out where they were. You know what? The the Eagles were a joke, too. Because remember, that was Nick Sirianni's first year, and he That's was right. the rock, paper, scissors guy. <laughs> yeah. Rock, paper, uh, scissors. Let's see how competitive you are. What's his quote? Uh, the first thing of being smart is knowing what to do. Right, right, right. I mean, <laughs> The first he looks, part of being smart is knowing what to is. do. <laughs> he lo- Thinking he, equals talent takeover. <laughs> he he looks like a joke. So actually, I understand why Russ didn't want to go there. But again, it just goes to point out my bigger observation, how lucky you have to be sometimes in sports. Nick Sirianni was the biggest joke of, of, of first-year head coach in the NFL. Yeah. Then he became God's gift. Jalen Hurts was, was trying to hold on for dear life, became God's gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, you're absolutely right. Of it's I've told you this before. The more and more I work in the, the this corporate world of sports that you get a little side in, a view of, uh, it's exactly what the rest of you are doing. You're waiting for the clock to strike five o'clock so you can go home and have a beer and then do it all over again without being fired tomorrow. Yeah. We're all doing that. Yeah, literally. <laughs> GMs are doing that. That's exactly what they're doing. You know, you know, at the time, though, actually, all three organizations were bad. So I, I do wonder what it was about Denver that appealed to him. I mean, if you're, if you're, well, I don't know. I was going to say, if you're rushed, you're looking at the roster of the way Peyton looked at the roster in, in 12 or whatever, when he came over going, they're missing me. But if, again, we did this last year, Philadelphia's roster and Denver's roster, the Eagles are a better team. The quarterback needed to elevate some of that talent, which Jalen was able to do this year. Yeah, I think it, I think it's the Peyton effect. Uh, that that has to be why he wanted to choose Denver to do that because next, he'd be the next guy. Because Russ was as power hungry as he'd ever been in his career. He wanted control over everything, and he was probably looking at what what Denver did for Peyton Manning, uh, and they've been over backwards. I mean, John Fox. Peyton Manning was deciding the practice schedule. Peyton Manning was deciding when they go to meetings, when they break meetings. He was controlling meetings. Now, he was different with Gary Kubiak, but with John Fox, he literally let Peyton Manning do whatever the hell he wanted to do. I think Russ looked at Denver, and he thought, that's where I'm going to have the most control. Uh, Of all these situations, I can go to Denver, and they're going to let me do whatever the hell I want to do. You know what? You're you're probably absolutely right on that because even if you go to Philly and you're going first-year head coach – uh, it's the Eagles. I mean, also, you think about what Russ's life would have been like had he been an Eagle and performed the way he did. We're oh soft. Oh, my gosh. Denver media is soft. Can we, you we don't imagine? Push, we don't push the needle like they would push it. I mean, it, all the off-field stuff, all the corniness, all, all the it other stuff. his ass alive, dude, They dude. would have destroyed him. Yeah. Yeah. Destroyed yeah. Destroyed him. I miss that one. You I was ever, talking over do it. Do it again, Nelly, because it's good. You ever done anything dangerous? <laughs> yeah, they gave you $280 million. <laughs> but you know, my daughter, who, who doesn't know anything about football, she does the, it's spicy. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. I actually respect that. Yeah. I think anytime we mention Russell Wilson on Dempsey and Company, I have to play this one for Demps. Yeah, that's not what he wanted to cook. Oh, that's a great one. It's a. Uh, Is that Ross Tucker? No, that was, uh, that was Patrick Starr from. Yeah. The Nickelodeon Slime Time Christmas Day game. Oh, okay. And they, they were interviewing Patrick live, and they had the voice actor there, and his they had the the image projected on his mm-hmm. face, so it actually looked like Patrick Star. And when they were interviewing him, he he threw a pick. Yeah. So he said that's not what he wanted to cook. So that was the actual voice actor just sitting in somewhere with a green screen thing over him and. 
projecting Patrick Starr well, on well, him? Well, they actually, yeah, it was actually cool. They made it look. <laughs> that is kind of cool, Because actually. it was a live interview, but if you were watching TV, you just saw Patrick. So yeah. they had to have him rigged up somehow, and he gave us just absolute gold. Yeah, that's not what he wanted to cook. <laughs> I actually am a big fan. Scott always makes dude, fun I'm of me, you. I watch the Nickelodeon ones. I think they're cool, dude. Hey, uh, Nelly, you got to find me a soundbite of Ross Tucker. That sounds exactly like Oh, him. the, the color tuck- commentator? The, yeah, the former offensive lineman, yeah. co- color commentator now. That's exactly what he sounds like. Flax just wrote, this is a great pull from Flax. Dauber from Coach is the voice. Remember <laughs> that big goofy animal? <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice text, Flax. Dude, Coach was a great show. A great show. Was it like the University of Minnesota? Uh, I think it was a fake university. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. But I mean, yeah. like they were, I think it was Minnesota. Or maybe they were yeah. fake in Michigan, something like that. Yeah, oh, I, think, I think it was show. Minnesota. Yeah. Nice work on Dauber right there. Dauber from Coach also reminded me of Bull from Night Court. Remember him? No, I don't know what Night Court is. Oh, what? I don't even know what that is. Dude, Night Court's an excellent is show. Is that like Judge Judy? No, it's a, um, who was the judge? Judge Harry, oh, I can't remember his name. But it was just like a fake Night Court show, and the bailiff's name was Bull, this just big dumb animal that was tall and Dan Arquette was the sleazy lawyer that was trying to do sex on everybody. Oh, okay. It's a great show, man. It's a great show. <laughs> I mean, it's from the it, I, I late used to 80s, love 90s, when I staying home sick, being able to watch judge Judy yeah. in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was great. That's what I mean. You know, my background, right? So I'm, I'm in a trailer right. watching Jerry Springer going, Look at these guys. Their life is a mess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Nelly, let's also do this here. Uh, I want to get to something that happened last night. Now, I didn't know anything about it. And again, I'm out of the loop. I don't watch the the Dan Lebetard featuring Stu Gotts or whatever the hell it's called on YouTube anymore. I, I never did. Uh, but apparently they've been doing this. This is also what I found out, Tyler. They have done this to every radio station in the playoffs. Whoever Miami plays, they are trying to... Troll, I guess. This was their attempt of trolling uh, our very own Nate Kreckman, who was hosting in the paint last night. I'm not kidding you. When I heard this this morning, I legitimately burst out laughing. And it's not because Ryan Cortez, Parakeet Cortez, has done something extraordinarily stupid throughout these playoffs where he's infiltrating Boston sports radio. But yesterday, he infiltrated, uh, after that game, uh, Denver Sports Radio and it should be titled Indifferent Denver Sports Radio. Right, uh, but it's not. It's something like Altitude, whatever. Uh, Altitude Sports Radio. He infiltrates it, and he. Um, he called it's a, a great name. The <laughs> it's Altitude. Because it's high. <laughs> I think the show's called In the Paint. Okay, and and right, and so Cortez calls. Their show's called the Dan Levitard Show. The part about (laughs) me, the part that was my favorite part of this is the very end of it when uh, sort of bemused, confused broadcaster reacts to what has just happened. All right, uh, let's open up the phone lines. Nuggets lose. Carl, you are next on In the Paint. Go ahead, Carl. Hey, what's up, Nate? Thank you so much for taking my call. For sure, man. I wanted to talk about the adjustments that Michael Malone made tonight. I myself, I was watching the game from the new Flanagan's by the arena, and the guy next to me, his name's Sedano, he kept saying in Spanish, which loosely it translates to culture chatter is in Denver radio. The Nuggets played like, you coward! Cool, Carl. Thank you for the call. We appreciate that. I don't understand anything that you said. Jeff, you are next on In the Paint. I know. That's good. Um, so, again, it's that's their little bit, I guess. It's funny to them. 
Um, I think it's funny. I, I don't I, get I, it. I, well, look, I mean, what, what was the actual like, like the call in? Was it that funny? Uh, I don't know. I mean, you just started talking in Spanish. You didn't understand what he was saying. Right. Uh, but but the idea of of quote unquote infiltrating uh, an enemy uh, radio, yeah. I respect that. I, I mean, like that's a bit that we could do next time. Uh, next time we beat the Heat, we could call up. Uh, does Miami even have sports radio? Well, here's the I mean, problem. Seriously. I was gonna say we could call Dan's show, except for he got fired from it. Oh, so sick I don't know word, what we call bro. right. That like. I'm just saying, we could make this a two-way street, but he doesn't have a street that we can do. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. Wait, so so what was the show we were just listening to? That's a YouTube show. Oh, so that doesn't count as a show? I guess it does. He probably makes way more money than us. I'm pretty sure Pat Maxfield is making $150 million on a YouTube show. But I don't know if they take calls is what I'm saying. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) And actually, there's some more to this because I want Nelly's side of it. Nelson was here. He was the one that was no. No, he's all bent out of shape about this. Well, I, good. Yeah, he yeah. should be. Uh, I want to. I want to know what the dude told you, Steve Nelson. We find that out next.